Become spellweavers, reavers, rogues, and men-at-arms, and answer the call of adventure. Pick up your sword, your axe, your spellbook, your bow, your rulebook, and your dice, and join the forces of good in their eternal fight against vile monsters, conspiring min-maxers, horny bards, and blood-soaked murder hobos. Discover the treasure trove of role-playing games here on Rollin' Bones. My name is Ryan Howard, and I shall be your guide. Good evening, Boneheads, and welcome to Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard, your RPG treasure trove. I am your host and king of the Boneheads, Ryan Howard, and welcome to our new home of Valor Studios, a TTRPG content creation community who loves sharing our stories with the world. I'm Ryan Howard, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, and for those of you unfamiliar with Rollin' Bones, this is an RPG talk show where I bring on guests from all over the tabletop space to have conversations about what they're doing and uh, you know why they love this hobby so much. If you guys like what you're seeing tonight, please subscribe to the Twitch channel. Uh, click the subscribe button that you see just below my beautiful face here. And you can find out more about Valor Studios and what we've got going on uh, by visiting ValorStudios.com. And if you want to join in the discussion, uh, you can also join us on Discord, which you'll see a link for over here in the chat. You can also find all of our content, including now the home of uh, replays of Rollin' Bones, on the Valor Studios YouTube page. You'll also see a link for that pop up over here in the chat. And uh, if you're joining us from YouTube, I'd like to say thank you guys for your support. Uh, also, thank you to those of you who are still listening on audio. Uh, if you want to join us live or are able to join us live, please remember twitch.tv slash Valor Studios is the live home of Rollin' Bones every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central. So uh, with that out of the way, uh, I want to introduce our guests tonight, and I just want to begin by saying it's, it's always great that we can bring uh, countries that are in conflict together as our two nations right now are battling out a, uh, you know, a fierce competition in Olympic curling. And even though all, uh, you know, the, the rivalries are going to be throwing, you know, thrown around here, you know, oh, you stupid Yanks, you stupid Canucks. It's it's nice to bring on some of my favorite Canadians, uh, that being Tim Mathias and Sarah Bolstridge from the Knights and Nerds podcast, uh, to talk about what they've got going on here in the second season, the second campaign of Knights and Nerds. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Rollin' Bones, returning for the third time, Tim Mathias, and making her first appearance on Rollin' Bones, Sarah Bolstridge. Guys, welcome. Thank you so for having you. us. I think I kind of pulled it off. That that was what I was hinting at as, as we were <laughs> beginning here, it was, was me trying to, to formulate the curling rivalry. Also brave to start off this uh, TTRPG stream with like sports references. Yep. Uh, it's curling. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Or adjacent. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Although, uh, in, in the words of Weird Al Yankovic, you guys tend to treat curling like it's a real sport, so. Guilty. Yep. We do. There's a lot of ice. Uh, we have a lot of, we have uh, a general uh, grasp on those sports, particularly. I will say that. That yep. we, I will give Canadians. It's like Absolutely. once we get around ice, we just start yelling. Just, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't have to be about anything. No, definitely not. Now, is that in micro and macro? Like, if it's a frozen lake, it's the same as if, like, two Canadians meet over top of, like, a beer cooler? As far as I'm aware, like, my personal experience <laughs> would bear that out. Um, I'd say, yeah, probably, yeah. Have any Canadians ever been to the Arctic? I wonder. Oh, I've, yeah. I think we're half in <laughs> Arctic, I think, most of the year. <laughs> Technically speaking. Yep. Yeah, c considering the climate that I live in, I would imagine that that everything is Arctic up there. But you know, that's just that's just uh, the Tennessee talking. Yeah, everyone has their pet polar bear. Uh, it is snowdrifts year round, and I'm trying to think of any other. Oh, and maple syrup is just on tap everywhere. I don't know if oh. you knew that part, but mm -hmm. once I moved out and like and got some trees, everyone's like, "You gonna tap those trees, Tim? You gonna tap those trees?" I was like. I don't need another hobby that I'm bad at. I've already got several, including this one. <laughs> also, guys, I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't, isn't that a Cards Against Humanity? Yes, it's a it yes. syrupy yeah. sex with a maple tree. <laughs> That's the one, the Canadian edition, yeah. <laughs> but wait, you only stick to metal stuff in the winter, right? So should be yeah. safe. Well, this is off to a fantastic start. We're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons, though, right? <laughs> Absolutely. What? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, Tim, you, you've been on the show in every iteration of Rolling Bones there's been. Uh, as I mentioned, you are part of the rarefied era of the three-timers club. Um, but, Sarah, you have never been asked these questions, so I've got some introductory questions that uh, oh, you no. need to be asked. Okay, as we are okay, uh, okay. bringing you on to Rolling Bones for the first time. So let's begin at the beginning. Sarah, how did you get into RPGs to begin with? Uh, I don't even remember how long ago it was. Uh, I'm sure I could do the math because Tim was my uh, first DM ever. We did a, uh, what I, uh, I guess I would say strongly did not want to play. I would say mildly, to put it mildly. And Tim convinced me to play a barbarian just because it was going to be, he's like, look, it's simple. I'll give you like a cheat sheet. Uh, and he can, he made me play. And then after that, I was like, oh, I get it now. And then we've been playing ever since. That's probably eight or nine years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah, when was wild. that? Yeah, a while a while now and then i went from there hard into like uh the the critical roles the adventure zones and just kind of like ate up as much content as i could do basically awesome awesome now of the rpgs that you've played uh which rpg system would you say is your favorite i am a classic D, D girl i think like that like fifth edition particularly uh my brother used to run games in i think every previous edition and I would watch him do Thacko and lose my mind. So I think fifth edition is, is where I'm going to stay happily. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Now, since you are on a podcast, we, we kind of get to hear this, uh, how you tend to approach the game. But if you had to describe your play style in D and D, how, how would you describe it? 
I would probably, in general, whenever I'm doing, it's really funny because overall, I'd say my general way of playing games is I am always the last person to pick their character because I'm always the spot filler. So, and I, so for that reason, I always, I'm, I've played a lot of clerics because no one goes for cleric in my, in our friend groups. Um, but no, I, I tend to be the, like the gap filler of the parties. Um, and I think as much as I try and deny it, I am a little bit of a min maxer, like a little, um, Tim might say a little bit more than a little, um, <laughs> But yeah, it's a, generally I go for that kind of uh, balance the party idea, and I definitely like to get some sweet magic items and min max just a little bit. <laughs> All good. <laughs> now, uh, have you been bitten by the GMing bug, or is that not a uh, an aspect of the game that you you want to approach necessarily? I have done it a couple of times. I've done it for Tim as well. Uh, but like, I don't. I don't have the same kind of passion for it, I will say. Like, I love playing. I love being creative with it. I tend to be a little bit more, how would I say, procrastinating, like, then. So, like, the, the long game planning is not my strong suit. Uh, I do love it, and I've done, uh, like, a lot of one, a lot more one-shots and, like, short, like, couple couple session kind of campaigns. Um, but nothing, nothing as long as... Uh, as like Tim's run or anything like multiple, multiple years of gameplay. No, that's not my style. <laughs> now, um, unless this would spoil any further or future uh, Knights and Nerds episodes, if you had to pick a favorite RPG memory, what would that be? Oh my gosh. Um... There's okay. There's so many. Uh, <laughs> I think okay. So this was a uh, pre any podcast that we ever did, but it was an episode. It was actually the one of the first games we ever played. It was for uh, um, it's Bruce Lee's birthday, in essence. The character Matt, who plays Bruce Lee in the other uh, campaign, or previous campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, we Tim had us uh, basically in a battle royale. <laughs> yeah, it's too soon uh, still. He in essence had us like in a weird like team battle royale and we had to fight like uh basically like those like late 90s early 2000 like like douche bros that had like the frosted tips and like oh, yeah, yeah, and, like yeah. the puka shell necklaces like that was the bad guy that we well, had to face and we just i think just previous to rounding that corner matt lit or um tim literally threw threw a bear at us so there was the weirdest traps and, and villains. It was just hilarious. It was a bear trap. I don't yeah, know a literal we bear trap. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you were in a the just for some context. It was a um, it was a team death match through yeah. a through a death maze, a death trap dungeon, and one of the other teams had called themselves Bro Force. So I mean, that's that's well, um, yeah. I mean. That's just the that's just the flavor of the world. <laughs> and I think that one stuck because I think that was I think actually I think that was the moment I realized that D and D could be more than like the stereotype you think of or that we had thought about or that had been like put forward for a long time. So it was that moment where I'm like, okay, I can get into this, and I think mm -hmm. that was it. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, is there a particular animosity for Sugar Ray that perhaps animated this uh, 
desire to, to beat down on these guys. Oh, is it, I was gonna say, is, I was gonna say Tim, is Tim McGrath, is that his name? Mark, Mark McGrath. Mark, Mark McGrath. McGrath. Mark McGrath. It's like Mark McGrath is uh, like that aesthetic is actually what I strive for in life now. Uh, so no animosity, uh, none whatsoever. Yeah. Wait, what's I, the I, dress code for your wedding? <laughs> Puka shells only. <laughs> I, I've heard people get really angry and irritated about Sugar Ray, and I just don't get it. I I don't see how you could hate something so violently inoffensive. I mean, I don't think as Canadians we're one to talk because we've we projected Nickelback on the world, so you know what, Sugar Ray? You go right on ahead. My my stance on on Canadian music and the, the the good versus the evil is that you guys gave us Rush, so everything else is just it, it's lot, balanced. Yeah. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's we're all good. <laughs> we did our part. We can yep. carry on. Minor transgressions aside, well, good good job, Canada. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then the last of these introductory questions uh, before we kind of loop Tim back in here. <laughs> It's always interesting when I have someone on who's been on before and someone who hasn't, and it's just like, we're going to spend 15 minutes ignoring one person. Make it but, 20. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you, Sarah, the, the answer to this question can be as philosophical or sophomoric oh. as you want it to be. Okay. If you could put anything on a t-shirt, what would it be? Oh my god. Uh... There are so many options that instantly come to my mind. A lot of them involve really, really horrible things that uh, we have created over the years in uh, with TKO, that uh, Jackbox game. <laughs> uh, and I think it was, uh, one of them was just like, the drawing was like the Olympic rings. I mean, it's topical right now, so I'm yep. gonna go there, but it was the Olympic rings. And then it was just like anal Olympics 89. <laughs> and like that was the slogan. <laughs> so I think, you know what, for all time's sakes, we'll go there. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, that's my memory that instantly jumped to my mind. Wow. So there you go. I have horrible friends. Yep. <laughs> One of my favorites from TKO, uh, one of my friends designed a shirt that had a very bad drawing of a snake on it. And it said, man, I am just not a human. <laughs> See, the killer thing about that, like playing with uh, Kevin, because Kevin's an illustrator. Um, he's a designer. It's the worst and best. At Everything the same that time. he does is amazing. Like even the even the butts that he draws are just <laughs> glorious, magnificent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's and it's it it really uh, humanizes me in the ones where I'm like, we have the exact same amount of time. We are both on a tiny little phone screen with our fingers drawing these things, and somehow he creates like art in that amount of time. And then with those like crappy restrictions that are on there, and that but like they're stunning. They're beautiful drawings. They're horrible, but they're beautiful at the same time. Art with butts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tim, because you are the only person here who could arrange such a thing, you need to find out a, a way to get uh, Kevin versus Andrew in TKO. Wow. That would be the Battle of the Titans for sure. Um, Andrew being Andrew Kolb, the uh, yeah. writer yes. and designer of the... Uh, 
fifth edition Neverland book, and he's um, yeah working on a new project that I'm pretty excited about too. But yeah, he's they're both wow. Mm-hmm. That would be I mean, spectacular. Everybody wins in that in that scenario. Yep, absolutely. 100%. And and for anyone who doesn't know, Andrew Kolb also designed my logo. So, oh yeah, and ours too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny details. It's fine. A lot of love for Andrew Kolb. He's a great dude. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So uh, now that we have uh, the the burning questions answered, there, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, season two of Knights and Nerds because I don't think. Uh, I don't think Tim and I, I don't think we've discussed any of this on here. We've talked about it on your show, uh, but I don't know that we've talked at all about season two here on Rolling Bones. So for anyone who's unfamiliar with Knights and Nerds, uh, just kind of in general, can you give a a little synopsis of the uh, adventure environment or the uh, the adventure plot that the uh, the three heroes are finding themselves in this season. Sure. Okay. Um, so the I'll try to put this in a, as concise a manner as I can. So we have three heroes who have tenuous prior knowledge of each other, brought together by a mysterious, perhaps nefarious, otherworldly entity for a specific task. Um, and in doing so, they've set off a, a chain of events that seems to be altering time or altering reality as they progress through trying to find answers. And uh, it's I've st- striven for a low magic setting and there's raw solidified magic that comes down like little meteorites that everybody wants to get their hands on. And of course they have to make sure that there's the one that, that get it. So a lot of, uh, a lot of different factions vying for uh, control of this very, very precious resource. And they're, they're doing everything that they can to to not only make sure make sure that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands, but figure out why uh, why things are happening the way that they're happening. Mm-hmm. And of course, following the usual uh, law of player interference with the plans of the GM, all three players are playing characters that can use magic to some degree <laughs> in your low magic setting. Yes, that is that is correct. <laughs> No plan survives contact with the PCs. <laughs> I mean, you, you knew what we wanted to do, so I he, he chose this. He... <laughs> yeah, but I kind of get to do this this interesting thing where, um, in this in the in the world, as things progress, like the presence of magic escalates over time, and so does the danger. So it's an interesting. I've never run a story like that where, um, you know. The, the presence of magic becomes more and more of a factor. So it's 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 been interesting. And Sarah, you are, of course, one of those characters. You play uh, Chai Spice, whose miniature I have painted and am holding right here. Uh, you guys can see this in better quality and closer up on my Instagram. Uh, but tell us a little bit about who and what Chai is and, uh, you know, how you've enjoyed playing her so far. So yes, I uh, so I play Chai Spice. She is a druid Aladrin uh, from the Feywild, who is a bit of a uh, diplomat, royalty adjacent uh, character from the royal court there, and she's a bit of a 
she views herself as a guardian of magic and a protector in a certain degree. But I think as the campaign goes on, she starts realizing that her the uh, the precepts the um, that she might be functioning under might not be as true as she believed. Uh, but she has been in essence sent uh, to help protect the realms from uh, these bits of magic that come that uh, come down and uh, can cause havoc. And so she's a bit of a protector in that way. Uh, but no, it's been fun. I don't, I've never played a druid before, before this campaign. This is, uh, so it's been interesting. I always forget what anything to do with my character is. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, part of the course. Druids, druids as a whole are very tricky. And I, I believe it was, uh, it was one of the, it was one of the YouTube channels, um, and now I can't even remember the, the name of the channel that did it, but they, they did a video on the Druid and they said one of the biggest challenges of playing a Druid is pop culturally speaking, there aren't a lot of exemplars of what a Druid should be. Like with a Ranger, you have Aragorn, you have Dritz Duarden, uh, you know, for fighters, you've got several different kinds of characters. Uh, wizards, you have all, all these, you know, Gandalf and and on down the line, all the, the famous wizards. But when it comes to, hey, who's got, like, the essay on what a druid should be, there isn't one. Yeah, it's kind of tough, too, because, like, I think, like, we, we muse on, like, what would this character, like, what would this pop culture reference be? Or when we're, when we've done some of the creative vi creating villains episodes, we've kind of applied those, some of those uh, pop culture references to give frameworks for that. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough uh, to find those kind of druidic uh, inspirations and things. But um, like, it's it's always tricky because I find, for me, I always find it the balance of certain, and I do a circle of the moon druid. So it's very easy for me to fall into the like, well, I'll just transform. I'll just wild shape because that's where a lot of my strength is. And the character, like the structure of that character build is is geared towards that to a certain extent. But like, I always, like I kind of forgot in a way, how much magic I can actually do. <laughs> it's an easy trip to just wild shape kind of thing. And it's fun. Like, don't get me wrong. It's fun. I love it a lot. We've had some hearty shenanigans on the, on the show with that. But uh, yeah, like it's kind of, it's finding that balance between uh, playing the fullness of the character is something I'm still, I've, I internally think I want to work on more. So actually, um... Your producer is going to interject here. We have a question from the cast uh, talking about using magic. Um, and uh, Dice Barbarian asks, what are your biggest hurdles when using Dungeons and Dragons, which is a magic heavy system in a low magic uh, world setting? And I think this is directed to you, Tim. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, the I guess two challenges that I can think of right off the bat would be that in a low magic setting, it it seems to me that like the the average opponent that they face would be much weaker than they are and so it's kind of difficult to have sort of those those more random encounters that are actually challenging um or where they're just facing like you know regular town guards things like that um that are you know not you know equipped with magic weapons or magic armor or really super uh uh, tough opponents so that's that's one and then the other is sort of maintaining this i maintaining the feeling that wherever they go that they're 
uh, whenever they're interacting with regular townsfolk in in normal settings that they really stand out a lot and so it having that feeling that they are sort of apart from most other people uh is difficult to maintain because at at a certain point um you start to get sort of diminishing returns so those are the challenges that i've been facing yeah one thing that tim and i actually talked about uh, at the beginning of the campaign when we did, it was either the first or the second running the game episode that we did. Uh, we we had a conversation about what it means to be a magic user in a low magic setting. And the, the biggest thing is that you basically can't be comfortable anywhere as a magic user because even just using the lowest of low level magics, uh, chances are your average person hasn't ever seen that. And... Uh, you know, if, if they see someone turn into a giant spider, to use the example we have in front of us here, or uh, even like cast a firebolt or, or, you know, something like that, anything that's out of the ordinary that is from any source of magic, it's either going to be like fear or outright hatred from the people who see it and making sure that that stays impactful and that a challenge comes along with it is one of the big things that I found in adapting 5th edition to a kind of lower magic setting. Yeah, absolutely. And, um... Yeah, and the fact that they started off at level 3 even, like, mm -hmm. kind of underscores that, that point that they were, you know, that much, um... You know, a couple steps above the, the random... Uh, people that they that they come across so i think now that we're getting into like the later episodes where we just put out episode 21 um last week and starting to get into some environments where i can throw some bigger meaner stuff at them so um uh, i think we're i think it's going in the right direction for sure and and sarah just to let you know without actually letting you know what's coming down the pipe. If Tim goes with some of the things that we discussed oh, no. uh, very early on, I may owe you guys an apology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that's not terrifying in the slightest. It's totally fine. Um, no, I mean, I think like that's been really... It's been... I'm trying to think what episode we're recording at now. But yes, yeah, because we're a couple ahead. So we things pop off like like things take a turn and it's getting wild so it's definitely throwing us for a loop and i think the and and is it, it's noticeable to us that like the the amount of mag it's changing like the amount of magic and what we're seeing and i think that's also uh like it's it's changing the game for us which is an interesting dynamic to like have a in essence like the world evolve mid game basically so it's been interesting to do but yeah i'm a little terrified um there's been a couple of hint drops of things and i'm like like mildly like he says something and i'm like oh my god what have we done like, it's terrifying but i'm excited it'll be great it'll be fine yeah for anyone who doesn't know um we have episodes that are not for the players where they're kind of like campaign diaries and ryan was kind enough to help me out with one of the earlier ones so there's there's the actual play episodes and then there are the behind the screen episodes where i basically lay out everything that i'm doing and then 
those are interspersed throughout the actual play episodes where I talk about, hey, what what went well here? What didn't go well? Um, what uh, what decisions did they make that I wasn't expecting? How does this impact the story? So I thought that those episodes were like a cool addition to just you know your your standard actual play campaign episodes. Um, for anyone who doesn't mind spoilers, um, you know you can listen along as things unfold, or you can just sort of go back once the campaign's done and see how wrong I was how many times. It, it's one of the most interesting aspects of Knights and Nerds, in my opinion. Uh, when you hear a running the game episode, then you hear the string of actual play episodes that follow it. Then the next running the game episode comes up and you can almost hear the scotch glass hit the desk <laughs> and Tim go, well, that didn't work. So remember when I said that I was pretty sure they were going to do that? Well, I mean, I can only imagine. I know from talking to you and doing some of those episodes for campaign one, how often mm -hmm. things changed. Like it was, it was bananas. So yeah. I can only imagine. I'm very excited after to like actually listen to all of them and see what was the plan like the plan and then what came to be i'm very excited for that and i really do i loved listening to those in uh campaign one with the other crew and and hearing those because i find it really fascinating and especially um i think it's important to hear those kinds of conversations for newer dms and well anyone really but like especially newer dms to like figure out that it's okay if not everything goes to plan and how how you can use moments like that to pivot and uh see what the players are doing to make it more interesting for them. It's like, oh, okay, they really like to do blank, so maybe I'll spin it a little that direction. So I find it very interesting and, like, definitely listening to those in Campaign 1 were a good, like, source of uh, inspiration for some of the stuff I've done for one-shots and uh, the mini-campaign stuff. To, uh, to, to further uh, your paranoia about <laughs> what, Great. what Tim and I have talked about, uh, in... If you recall the the season one running the game episodes that I was a part of, I at one point floated the idea of Tim throwing out a uh, a dragon that was crossbred with one of those mind flayer worm things that they that come about oh when god. when the mind flayer process doesn't take essentially. Yep. Oh my gosh, I forget the names, but yeah, that's great. The, Thank you for providing him that gem of information and <laughs> like putting that seed in there. <laughs> the Neolithid, I think it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's haunting. Yeah. Yeah. I, even, just, I can't wait. Even in the course of that conversation, Tim was like, "But, but why would you do that?" <laughs> because you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you referred to it as the nuclear option. Like, yes, that they that they have this creature sort of. Uh, tucked away in case they need to break the glass in case of an emergency. Yeah. Yeah, that was very... I envision that as uh, once plans have been foiled to a certain degree, the mind flayers are just like, all right, we out, and then they break the glass on this thing. Wow. Yeah. I think, you know what? In hindsight, if I had if I had uh, set the, uh, the expectation that that could show up, I think I totally would have done it. <laughs> It would be spectacular. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but the episodes that Matt and Sarah helped me out with, uh, they did two different behind-the-screen episodes as we were approaching the end of campaign one. And the first one was like, okay, I th I'm pretty sure that this is where things are going to wind up. This is how the story is going to come to a conclusion. And, and then 
what was it, Sarah? Like two weeks later, I messaged you and I'm like, yeah. okay, so we need to record again because none of that stuff is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it was basically like, okay, I've got a clear plan. They're clearly going this direction. And then you, and then, yeah, I got a text. It's like, well, so <laughs> let's redo that. But yeah, I mean, but that's a perfect highlight. Like that was like one, one session you guys had done that where you're like, I know what they're doing. I've got the plan and it all went to crap. Like one session can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But even in our second episode that we did, they didn't do any of that stuff either. So, <laughs> and that's like three, three yeah. mostly competent human adults, <laughs> you know, trying to, <laughs> trying to, trying to figure out what's going to happen. You give it. you give me and Matt way too much credit there. Way <laughs> too much credit. Adults. <laughs> Never. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe we have another question from uh from Tony, Dice Barbarians in chat here. So uh James, if you wanna jump in here and uh and give that one, I, I think we are uh I think we're ready for it. Excellent. So Dice Bavarian asks, uh, and this is for DM Tim, I think it was said you guys have a podcast only, um, but if, uh, or he says, uh, if that's not true, and uh, let me start this over again, holy cows. Basically, he just wants to know if you guys ever thought about doing live streaming, or if you just want to stick with the podcast. Um, I've, I've considered live streaming. It, it wouldn't, I don't know that I could commit to it right now. Um, where we are, um is a very rural area and my internet at home i don't think can support um uh, video chats i'm actually right now in an office that i rented about 20 minutes away from my house because this is the only place that i can get high-speed internet so maybe eventually down the line we'll we'll look into it um if if the gang's on board um yeah but uh yeah the infrastructure and don't get me started on the infrastructure of rural canada <laughs> I just uh, I, I just want to put this out there. If you're considering, uh, you know, doing a, a live stream on in one cast, imagine uh, Matt live. And in the other cast, imagine <laughs> Candace live. <laughs> I I want more than anything in the world to have the two. They've never played D&D &D together or they've done it for like two sessions. And I really want that energy in one in one facet, like one room, one podcast, show myself one something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it would be a nightmare for Tim. But I, I think that would be hilarious if we did like a little shuffle up of, of people for uh, campaign three, perhaps. Well, why don't, well, you, why don't you DM Sarah and I can be the, <laughs> the sober voice of reason. Uh, I think, I don't know if I would say that you'd ever be the sober voice of reason because when I DM'd for you, you and Matt played as uh, Bill and Ted and polymorphed into T-Rexes. Yes, that's and that's... played a band performance. So I don't know if you can say You're... that you also wouldn't contribute to the shenanigans. We were William and Theodore. Yeah, sorry. Okay. William we and Theodore. Very different. Not trademarked <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, since we've already kind of you know brought up Matt, and and we we do need to mention the other uh, cast members in season two. Um, in addition to Chai Spice, there is also a uh, a human warlock named Gutterbird, played by the aforementioned Kevin, who is he, he's got kind of a uh, memento thing going on where he has these tattoos all over him. He doesn't know how they got there. And, uh, you know, he, he's 
kind of trying to figure out his lost memories, and he's basically got uh, this demon patron who's leading him down the proverbial primrose path as it is. And then we have <clears throat> Thaddeus Ulysses Gamble. Well, so you're going to play this back from that, right? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, perfection. Just yeah. sheer perfection. Well done. Well done, good sir. Uh, yeah, I think for some reason Matt decided that a character voice was the right direction to go down, and he has stuck to it hard, to say mm -hmm. the least. <laughs> and and just to let everyone know what Thaddeus's deal is, Thaddeus Ulysses Gamble is an old soldier who lost his eye in a battle with that bastard Bryce Baylock. And now he's taken an oath of vengeance. And he'll have his pound of flesh and then some. And you also get to hear about his weird family tree. <laughs> the weirdest. Okay. Can we call it a tree? I think it's like more of an more amoeba. Of a, it's a bramble. It's a bram yeah, it's a bramble. That's probably the correct shrubbery in that circumstance. So Tim, we actually have another question for you in the chat. The question is, will you ever run a campaign with both parties together? Wow. That's a uh, okay. So, uh I'm not opposed to it. The I guess the challenge um becomes and I hate to bring it down to real life like scheduling <laughs> with that many uh that many people um it's uh it's become like more and more of a challenge uh sad to say as as we get older that our schedules become a little bit more erratic and i would have thought it would have been the opposite that you know you settled into a routine but um yeah it's it's tough i would be up for it though if this if the stars align mm -hmm. i will say uh the in-universe precedent is there because Faye Anse has appeared on this show. Candace has appeared on the show, but so has Faye Anse. <laughs> so she's already demonstrated some weird ability to travel interdimensionally. So I mean, there you go. That, would be that a was a fun little little bit of Rolling Bones history where, where I interviewed Candace and then halfway through the episode spliced in a sound effect and interviewed Fiance for the rest of the episode. That was such a brilliant interview. Like when you asked um, if she could learn something from the other party members. And I was <laughs> I thought that like maybe she's going to show some humility, but she was like, no, they can learn some stuff from me, though. <laughs> I was like that's that's perfect. What? Why would that have even been a question? Obviously, yeah. that was the answer. Absolutely. <laughs> and then in addition to, you know, what you guys have going with uh, this campaign, the God's Eye campaign, uh, the original cast is still putting out episodes semi-regularly. This time, Tim, you are actually one of the players, and Tom has taken over the uh, the GM role. So what's it been like for you as a player? It's been it's been a lot of fun um, just being able to, you know, not not worry every like through every throughout every session. And that's kind of what I do when I'm DMing. I'm, I'm sort of worrying about like, 
you know, A, is this fun to listen to? Is it fun for the party to be playing through this right now? Am I missing things because my campaigns tend to be kind of to a fault, like very plot and detail driven? And so I'm very meticulous with planning out like when certain clues get dropped, when. Um, so that's, you know, uh, how, how my D DMing sessions usually go. But with this, it's been great because we started at level one. I'm not super attached to the character in case he dies. Uh, Tom is doing a great job leading us through uh, Tales from the Yawning Portal which I have no prior knowledge of. Um, and it's just been, it's just been great fun. It's, it's been a little bit for me, like trying to like actually like rein myself back so that I'm not like trying to solve every situation, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's been, it's been wonderful. Yeah. And I will say, uh, a few episodes back in the fair run four, we, we got to hear, uh, we got to hear a little bit of Tim's potty mouth come out which made for an interesting episode. <laughs> uh, you're not to narrow down, man. <laughs> was that when I was like, like missing all night and then I finally hit yes. that one hobgoblin? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, when you finally turn the corner on the dice there, it it's funny because you know, like I've interacted with you guys behind the scenes and stuff like that, so I know at least something of of Tim, the person uh, outside of the, the GM's chair. But when you're in the GM's chair, I give you credit for being, uh, you know, pretty professional and pretty, pretty good about, like, keeping things moving forward. But then you move to the other side and we get to hear you cut loose. I actually had to edit some stuff out of that, that little tirade, that swearing. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I had to cut a few things out that I said. I just felt it was excessive. It was just excessive. That's all. It, it was a director's art. cut out there it somewhere. Was art. <laughs> yeah, launch yeah, that on the Patreon. Like, Patreon. Full cut, unedited. Tim, uncensored. Yeah. And and did we get uh, some some good art submissions for uh, Hobgoblin Laura Dern? No, you know what. <laughs> Didn't have any, didn't have any takers. So, but you know what? I will say, if anyone's out there and wants um, twenty-five bucks to our friend Nerdy Chicken Shop of Curiosities, um, send me a picture of Laura Dern as a hobgoblin. And uh, yeah, so just because the the hobgoblin that we were fighting was named Chief Dern, so immediately we went for the reference of cultural sensation, Laura Dern. It just made sense. Mm-hmm. I'd say we badmouthed Laura Dern pretty hard that episode. I feel kind of bad about it. He earned the name Dern during a battle where he crashed one wagon into the side of another wagon, and it just went all the way through. And everyone was like, we didn't even know that wagon crashing was an option. Why didn't we do that 30 years ago? Yeah, exactly. And they were being chased by T-Rex. There we go. <laughs> Tied them both together. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we do here. We layer our pop culture references. So, and and this is more of a question for uh, for Sarah because Tim, at this point, you've been you've been doing this for a while. Uh, but when you went from I'm playing D and D for fun mostly, like just just kind of for my own entertainment, the entertainment of the people at the table, 
to I'm now entertaining a group of people that are listening to this thing. How, how was that transition for you? How do you feel that's that's gone for you as uh, this season of Knights and Nerds has kind of progressed? Ooh, good question. Uh, I felt, so at the beginning I was worried. I will say like, I mean, uh, like switching from that kind of format. I'm like, oh, people are actually gonna like listen to the shit that I say, like, oh God. Or the, like, it was uh, it was definitely the like, especially playing a character type I was unfamiliar with. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get like read to filth, like in the in comments and whatever. I was like, someone's, some internet post somewhere is gonna be like, she should have cast this spell. Um, so I honestly, I think that was more my concern. Um, I think uh, with knowing our group of like friends and play styles, I actually wasn't that worried about us being uh, like comical or having a good kind of rapport in that way. Cause I think we were familiar enough with each other's uh, playing and, and just as like people, I mean, like we're all good friends. So I think it, it translated in that fact. I mean, like, I don't know. I hope people think we're funny, I don't know. But, but I, uh, I was mostly just, uh, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was just like the, like, people actually listening to me playing was going to be weird. I didn't think too much of the, um, the comedy side or character choices. I think as well, um, I, I tend to build characters that have a little bit more of a backstory to them. Just inherently, I come from a, a theater background, so I feel like everything is like, okay, what is my focus? What is my mission? Like, regard, like it could be for a one shot, but I come up with an elaborate long backstory with like details in it that is not relevant to anything, but in my mind it exists. So I think that having that uh, base of flushing out characters that much helped. Um, I mean, I don't know. I hope it gave Tim some kind of fuel for for stuff, but I think I think it helped and it helped me figure out my character in terms of how I would do stuff, like the character would do stuff. Now, you may think you have uh, thought of all of the uh, irrelevant details, but there is no cow named Potato or Aunt Bessie with alopecia in your mm -hmm. backstory. So, uh... in all fairness, no, you, OK, one, you are correct. I did not do that. Two, there is no predicting math <laughs> <laughs> like that was a hundred percent not planned. That was just something he he riffed on at the moment because that's just how Matt plays. Mm. Uh, also, uh, like had done theater and is very like, let's just wing this. That's just him. Like mm. <laughs> that's pure out of Matt's brain, which is slightly worrisome, but also hilarious. Mm. Yeah, he he's kind of like the the Dr. Cox of your group and that you never know what's going to end up being a monologue. Yes, it's, that's it's actually one of, a very. Yeah. It's it's one of the most interesting aspects of, of listening to the the way that you guys play your characters is what circumstance or thing is going to give us a full on Thaddeus Ulysses gamble speech. Yeah. I didn't think about, yeah, I think I'm just used to him monologuing randomly. So I'm like, oh, that's just normal. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's true. That is true. <laughs> I mean, it works for me because I can just like, once he starts off, I can like get up and pour myself a drink. And I know that when I put my headphones back on, he's still going to be probably about halfway done. Yeah, there you go. It's those good, those <laughs> intermission moments really that you look for in a podcast. All right, Matt's on a roll. Thank God, I got to use the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's 
It's hilarious because that's the other thing. Like, so you guys hear that. Mm-hmm. I watch it. Like Matt and I play in the same room. So he has like his, like he, he turns to the side and he's like, well, and he just goes and it's like, it's like, it's a different person. And I'm just, I'm just watching this bewildered. I'm like, what is going on? So that's, there's your fuel, Tim, for live streaming, is that the world does not get to witness all of that glory. So, uh, Sarah's backstory doesn't have, like, a potato or an Aunt Bessie. Um, but, but I do have a different her, family tree. Yeah, her, so that her planned out family tree is all named after stuff off of a spice rack. 100%. We're talking <laughs> saffron, sage, uh, basil. Basil, uh, but I'm going to pronounce it basil. That's fine. Like my it. mother's just name was, oh, I'm forgetting my own. I can't remember if it's my, so my, obviously my family name is Spice, Chai Spice. Uh, and my, I think it's my mom's name is just All. No, my dad's name is just All. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, wasn't Basil your mentor? Like your, your Basil is my, my druid mentor. Yes. Is there a spice company that we can get to sponsor us? <laughs> It's a little a subtle, like McCormick's uh, sponsorship here in their clubhouse, perhaps. Be fancy. Maybe this will change the way you now view your backstory, but knowing that your mentor was Basil, I'm now picturing. Uh... Oh, why did I just forget his name? Monty Python. John Cleese. I'm now John... picturing John Cleese as your mentor. In my head, it was more <laughs> Michael Caine, but I the same same energy, same kind yeah. of. Yeah, I'm getting there for sure. And just th- that is purely because of faulty towers, but yes, a hundred percent. I just imagine your your mentor like wild shaping into a crane and then tripping or something like that. A hundred percent. But no, uh, Tim, this this might be a good piece of content for you to put on Patreon. Uh, the Knights and Nerds Cast Olympics: Matt versus Matt monologue versus spell selection who can go the longest oh gosh oh that's uh i think it should be the monologue versus uh one more question or one quick question (laughs) yeah one quick question Um, yeah yeah. i do feel like you'd have to be a glutton for punishment to to sign up at that tier (laughs) (laughs) the way of pain twenty (laughs) dollars my god it'd be amazing <laughs> I, I do feel bad that we've we've spent this whole time talking about matt without him here to defend himself so uh so matt really either matt <laughs> both of you anytime you want to come on rolling bones just let me know you know where to find me you know how to get in touch with me uh and and we can hear your side of the story well, what's your run time i don't i don't know if you're gonna have to go over <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. He might just monologue the entire time. Yeah. He'll come up with a character voice for the interview. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I also have Roland Bones, Matt. <laughs> yeah. I also have to edit out like some of the times where he's like trying to get into dialogue and he's like, mm, wait, no. Mm, yeah. Well, well, I want those left in. It's really funny. Because <laughs> sometimes he forgets. Sometimes he starts without the character voice, and then, like, almost as if he has offended himself. He's like, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, 
My deep apologies. Quail. <laughs> I will say, though, uh, you know, knowing that both you and Matt come from a theater background, I also come from a little bit of a theater background myself. Um, so when it comes to that character voice, a lot of times there is like a trigger phrase. Yeah, that will oh, for sure. That that like kind of you have to use it to warm up. Uh, like I've heard if you want to do a scouse accent, the phrase I'd like some chicken and a can of Coke, but said in that just awful Liverpool accent is how you get there. Yeah, I, I think that it's definitely his word. It's his transition word for sure. Yeah. Well, because I know uh, when we were doing Hellgate over here on Valor Studios and we were doing Deadlands, the Hellgate trilogy, uh, I kind of had to get into my voice for Clayton and I had a similar process. Usually it was either me introducing myself or saying, oh, hell, I'll do it. And that's how that's kind of how I got there. So uh, any of you Valor Studios people out there wondering how or, or why I kept saying, oh, hell, I'll do it. That's why. I applaud anyone who, like, puts on a voice. I tried it, I think, episode one, uh, and didn't go back. <laughs> I feel like I vaguely slide into one, but it's just... A, a, I feel like Shy's voice is just my business phone call voice. Uh, <laughs> you don't hear that game, you're like, Hello, so nice to talk to you today. Like, I feel like Chai slides into that every once in a while. Uh, but no, full character voice... It, it, it's commitment that I can't promise, so I don't do it. Yeah, it's it's definitely, especially when you're when you're doing something uh, live, or when you're doing something that people are going to consume, because it has to also be something that people can understand. Yes. So there's there's lots of different layers to making an effective character voice in that regard, and I don't begrudge anyone who's just like, you know what, I'm going to speak in my regular voice because I can't I can't commit to an accent for that long that will be uh, consistent and, uh, like, listenable enough for an hour, two hours, three hours, however long you want to go. Mm -hmm. I think the most of the effort that I put into it uh, was for uh, Gutterbird's patron. Uh, I didn't do a voice, but I just changed like the meter. Uh, mm -hmm. The the fiend patron speaks very evenly, and that's <laughs> that's enough to set him apart, I guess. Yeah. It can be very little too, right? It's, it's something like that. Even, And it's funny too, because like when you're talking about like the cadence of uh, the speech of that character, it can be very unsettling to make those choices, right? It's very jarring when it's compared to everything else so it can be very little and it would have and has great impact and if i can pay tim a very sincere compliment here uh i do think of you as a fantastic example of a dm who doesn't do distinct voices for each character but every character has their own voice if you know what i mean like you can tell which character is speaking and you're not doing different accents. It's not like you're, uh, you know, spinning a globe and putting your finger on it and being like, yeah, Croatia. That's that's the one I'm going for with this <laughs> one. It's just each each character has a style of speaking that is distinct. So, you know, which NPC is talking. And that's that's very effective for a GM 
both at their own table and in the format that you're in where uh, you have listeners. So, you know. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I also try to limit how many NPCs are around at once. So <laughs> yeah. just, yeah. That that's always an interesting part of uh, of DMing. For anyone who has never DM'd before, you may find yourself in situations where you have multiple NPCs. Sometimes those NPCs will naturally talk to each other, and there's something weird about you having a conversation with yourself in front of a bunch of people. Definitely weird to kind of be like, yes, I agree. Totally. Like having those like shift moments, right? <laughs> I think there's a video that you can see of like, um, is it like Morrowind? Uh, whatever the version was before Skyrim of like just NPCs talking to each other and they're talking about how interesting it is to overhear other people's conversations. So essentially like the writers complimenting themselves <laughs> on the dialogue of NPCs. I thought that was great. But Tom called me out on like the one thing where uh, in, in campaign one, I had an NPC laugh at a joke that another NPC made because nobody else laughs at it. He's like, really, Tim, you're, you're fishing that hard that you're having your own NPCs laugh at your other NPCs jokes? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, jokes on him because it was foreshadowing. OK. <laughs> Absolutely. If he had laughed and paid attention, they wouldn't have been in that whole mess at the end. <laughs> Yeah, and and Tom, it's easy to throw stones when you're on that side of the uh, when you're on that side of the table. But you know, now now that you're over here on on this side of the screen, uh, how's that how's that working out for you? I'm just kidding. Yeah, I gotta say, Tom, I would like to get Tom to do like a behind the scene episode, behind the screen episode where he talks about basically DM because this is his first time really DMing for a group, and to do it on a podcast, I think it's really really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and to see if he's experienced the similar frustration of putting an enemy in front of your party and then having them nuke it uh, almost instantly. <laughs> yep. Although I just consider that retribution for the amount of times that he ducked coming on here. So. It's <laughs> <laughs> my... Um, and, and this is... Tim already knew about this, but Sarah, my, my initial intention early on when I started the show was, you know, Tim was my first guest and I wanted to have everyone from Knights and Nerds on at some point. And so, you know, I brought Tim on, I brought Candace on and I was like, all right, now I, it's, it's pretty easy to get uh, Katie, Matt and Tom. Matt also had some scheduling troubles and then Tom would be like, yeah, I'm for sure down to do it. And then I just never hear from him again. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, you can sass him all you want then. He's fair game if that was the circumstance. And it got to the point where Candace was like giving him crap IRL about it. Like, <laughs> seriously, you keep you keep no showing Ryan? Like what what's wrong? That's amazing. <laughs> Tom's like, Tom's can, so it's okay. Fellow. It's okay, Candace. It's fine. I can hear Candace doing it too. Like I can hear her voice and like how she'd write those texts. Like I can vision visualize it. So, yeah, actually, we're uh, we're we're doing episode, uh, session twenty six tomorrow night uh, for the God's <laughs> Eye campaign, and 
there, if I can like give a little bit of a sneak peek, uh, oh, yeah. going going into an environment that was heavily inspired by Tom's running of the Sunless Citadel, I really loved that subterranean crawl. Mm -hmm. uh, it had been years since I have been able to sort of like play a character in an ongoing campaign that wasn't deliberately, you know, sort of self-contained to, you know, five or ten sessions. So I'm hoping to sort of evoke a feeling like that of like this wide, expansive underground um, environment that is... <laughs> Take your headphones off! Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Filled with uh, all sorts of lore and maybe a few dangerous thing or two. Hmm. Danger in a D and D dungeon? What? Yeah. Hard spoilers there for mm -hmm. me tomorrow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, Tam, I, I just got to know because uh, of of how how big a kerfuffle it was in uh, season one. Has there been a is this or is this written in Elvish? Can we speak Elvish situation that's come up in season two? Has there been something of that level that's happened yet? So you're you're talking about the time where in season one I made a rhyme, and it was written in Elvish, but it rhymed in Common, something yep. dumb like that. Some, <laughs> I really stepped in it, and then and then they never let me live it down. Um, and Candace sent me a mug for Christmas that says, "Is this in Elvish?" on it. <laughs> Um, I don't know, Sarah. Is there, is there anything like that? Is it? I mean, I know that Matt leans hard on the shawarma references. Um, the the sweat and shawarma uh, is definitely the the, uh, the I'd say the, like the running punchline. I think he actively will not let it die. Like he said, a conversation was like, no, this is a hill I will die on. <laughs> um, I think that's that's probably the weirdest thing that we have that's running. I don't think Tim's done anything like weird and wonderful uh, to that extent. I'm trying to think maybe, of a comparison. Maybe I've learned. You give yourself a lot of credit. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, don't... Pro I'll probably have an. I'll probably think of something like at two a.m. or something like that. And be like, <gasps> but uh, no, I don't think he's doing too much like that. Well, I, think it's I in, in the last episode. Uh, Chai casts enlarge on Thaddeus during as as you're as you're getting into a, a fight, and then I ask, "What does enlarge do?" And Kevin thought that was the funniest thing because it's it yeah. sounds very self-explanatory, but it was yeah. like, what, "What does enlarge do?" <laughs> well, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing about GMing because of how improvisational it is and how you know spur of the moment things are there are situations where you know no matter how long you've been doing it you think of something or you know you you have something play out or you ask a question or you present a scenario and one player puts pieces together and finds one little tiny thing you didn't consider that just it's it's the jenga block that makes the tower fall down and at that point you're just like look just just go with it all right just go with it yeah um sarah's been doing a lot of that with mold earth uh a cantrip oh <laughs> which um, i have had fun with that one basically like in a in a very dangerous encounter coming up um i think episode 24 25 yeah basically essentially does like a world war one trench behind enemy lines uh 
which I didn't conceive of. And then, and then in, I think episode six, there was that whole instance with, um, trying to return the giant spider to its natural habitat. Uh, that whole, that whole Chewbacca gambit. That was a, that was a pretty great sequence. I I will say (laughs) that. Also, the chider was born. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I like to post like on on uh, Facebook, like describe your last session with a GIF, and that was one of them, or one of the ones where you turn into a giant spider. So I I made the mistake of like looking up, searching just spider in GIFs, and it was, it was horrible, worst experience I've ever had online. Where mm, there's a lot of online stuff yeah. online. Um, yeah, I think that was, yeah, you posted that, and I was desperately, well, this was a joke of one of the episodes, I was desperately trying to find the, like, uh, the Harry Potter gif of, like, Ron in the car, be like, his spiders! Like, that, like, that kind of moment, and I couldn't find it for some reason, I don't know, the algorithm was broken that day. But, uh, but yeah, like, when he posted I was like, this is what I want, but I'm like, no one had seen, I don't think anyone had really seen, like, the spider form yet, so, it was gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah. I believe that that situation was also where we found out about Potato and Bessie. Yep, that was <laughs> that was the moment. Yeah. Yep. I still was... don't have that family tree down shrub down straight. I don't... He does. He has it memorized. Like he's like, obviously it's this. And I was like, I have no idea how you can keep this straight. And was it the episode after that we found out about creeping Charlie? <laughs> It was the episode after or the one or like two after, but yeah, it was very soon after. It was weird. His weird cousin creeping Charlie. Jesus Christ. There's a thing for the Patreon. If you can get uh, Matt to actually sit down and draw out the family tree and then have uh, Kevin like make a medieval looking family tree and then like sell that as a like, you know, you can download a PDF of Thaddeus's family tree if you support this level of the Patreon. I think he, Matt's also been working on logos for Schwet and Shwarma, so maybe some stickers or something like that. <laughs> like some branded water bottles, napkins perhaps, something along those lines. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> You've created a monster and I'm yeah. very excited. <laughs> merchandising, merchandising. It's the way to go. I've look, I've for years wanted to put the words anything on a t-shirt on a t-shirt and sell it to people. So I love that. I really do. I think we've already nailed down like what season three of Knights and Nerds is gonna be the search for more money. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. We all play as dragons. <laughs> Trying to hoard. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You all play as dragons in the pocket dimension where all the dragons ran off to before the events of campaign one. Yeah. For it. I'm for it. Yeah. They got shunted off to a defenseless, I think it was um, Elysium. Yep. I still, I still have plans to, I still have that, that door open for, for a future story. I'm, I haven't let that go. When we talked about that, because... I mean, that was part of that conversation in in season one was, you know, what do we do with the dragons who are off in this pocket dimension? What if they went somewhere where there are no dragons? 
All I could think of was the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command movie, the the animated movie where Zerg uh, basically has his his death ray and he goes, target the planet of widows and orphans. <laughs> well, <laughs> why are they all on a planet together? <laughs> but they want support from each other, OK? Uh, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, I actually haven't like run a, a like a real dragon heavy campaign, and I've wanted to uh, eventually, and um, like one with like lots of dragons. And I feel like having a dragon slayer class would be great. Like a dragon slayer, you have your your melee brute, you have uh, kind of like a, a ranger, like a dragon hunter, and then you've got some kind of cleric or, or sorcerer uh you know much different from like the dragon draconic bloodline sorcerer but you know really flavored into like giving them bonuses against dragons in that campaign i think that That'd would be very be, cool i think that would be fun absolutely so as we're kind of nearing the end of our time here uh, i want to ask both of you uh, what have you enjoyed most about season two and what are you looking forward to uh, the audience's reaction to in the episodes that you already have in the can? <laughs> okay. Uh, I I don't know which episode cut it'll go to, uh, but uh, there's a, there is a very large reveal that happens uh, that I, I, I can't wait. Uh, 25 25 yeah okay so yeah. episode 25 uh it gets it gets wild and it's it's gonna be big um but uh i don't know i honestly of playing i keep getting blown away and like wanting more of gutterbird like i just like i love figuring out what's going on with that character and especially because he doesn't know it's kind of like we're all figuring it out together. It's been really cool to have that aspect to the to the game. So I find it, I'm just gutterbird. What's up with that? It's kind of, so it's just kind of uh, it's that's been really from even just me listening to it in essence. Like that's been really cool to kind of see develop. Yeah, I did ask Kevin like once we got going. He he has this sort of like you said a um, memento kind of background and. I, I messaged him like, you okay if I go kind of crazy with like what your actual backstory is? He was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, there's some yeah, there's, there's some pretty crazy stuff in store. Yeah, there's some little snippets that I think also will come out in the next few episodes and might have just come out. I'm trying to remember. But um, but yeah, it's it's getting interesting as well. Like his storyline is getting really spicy. So it's uh it's very interesting. I'm enjoying it. That side of it. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, unfortunately, we are kind of at time for this evening. So what I want to do is, uh, you know, give you guys the chance to, you know, let everyone know where they can find you as far as social media is concerned, uh, where they can find the show, Patreon, all that stuff. So uh, if you guys want to take it away, take it away. Okay. Um, I think you can get our podcast, like all the, all the big places, Spotify, Podbean, um, Apple music uh google you know all, all the regular stuffs uh our, our website is knightsandnerds.com um where you can just stream all of our episodes and there's a little bio of, of everybody participating in the campaigns um 
Instagram and Twitter were at Knights and Nerds, and then Facebook were Knights and Nerds Podcast. And there's links to our Patreon if anyone's interested in in, in more of our foolishness. Um, we also did a a Halloween run through of an alien RPG from Free League, um, a cinematic scenario where a lot of people didn't make it. Gotta say. Um, so yeah, that's 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 us. Awesome. Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show tonight. This was a great conversation. I always love talking to you, Tim and Sarah. It was great to to have you on the show and and hear about uh, Knights and Nerds from the uh, perspective of one of the cast members. Well, it was a pleasure to come on, and yeah. always happy to talk shenanigans. So it was great. Thank you for having me. Thanks. And and the usual invitation is extended to every other cast member who's not already <laughs> been on the show. Uh, quit ducking me, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, I will let Matt know that he is uh, the gauntlet has been thrown down. <laughs> <laughs> just just ask him yes or no questions. He'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing he can start with. Well, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you'd find a way to start a yes or no question with well. Probably yes. I'm not going to lie. Well, guys, as always, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Howard underscore Ryan Gregg. Uh, once again, Instagram is the place where you can see the miniatures uh, like the ones that I painted of the entire cast, including uh, not just Chai Spice, but Gutterbird. Cool. And also... Thaddeus Ulysses Gamble. You guys can see better pictures of those on my Instagram. Uh, and we also, again, want to encourage you guys, if you liked what you saw here, uh, please uh, follow us at Valor Studios. Subscribe down below here. Uh, we appreciate the support. We appreciate you guys coming out and participating in chat. Uh, this has been a great episode, and we're glad you guys joined us. Uh, please follow Valor Studios and follow myself on Twitter. And uh, definitely join the Discord community if you want to talk about Rolling Bones or any of the other shows that we have coming up. If you want to hear about what we've got going on in the future, uh, that's one of the best places to do that is uh, the, the Valor Studios Discord. Uh, and then once again, if you want to watch this later or if you've got a friend who missed out on this and you want to share it with them, the Valor Studios YouTube channel is the place for that. Uh, you can find replays of everything that Valor Studios has done, including now Roland Bones replays at the uh, Valor Studios YouTube channel. And uh, just to let you guys know what's going on next week, we are going to be taking a break uh, so that myself and everyone else out there can spend Valentine's Day with their significant others. Uh, if you uh, don't have anyone to spend Valentine's Day with, definitely get together with some friends, maybe play some RPGs. Who knows? That might be a, a good way to spend a Rollin' Bones-less Monday on Valentine's Day. And we'll be back the week after with uh, David Beatty finally making his uh, triumphant arrival here to talk about the Weird Frontiers RPG. So until then, guys, whether you rolled a 1 or a 20, I am so glad that you rolled your bones with me, Ryan Howard, and with us here at Valor Studios. And we will see y'all next time. <laughs>